What's up, Nerd Nation? It's your boy, Chris Wilson, host of the Average Sports Nerds podcast. ASN is a podcast started by two lifelong friends who have a passion for sports and the debates surrounding them. You can connect with us on Instagram at AVG Sports Nerds. From all of us here at ASN, we thank you for your support and we hope you enjoy the show. What's going on, Nerd Nation? It's your boy, Chris. We're back with another NBA episode, joined by my guys, as always, Miles and Alex. What's going on, fellas? Hey, what's going on, everyone? Here to talk about another NBA episode, talk about a little bit of college ball, so yeah, for a good treat. What's going on, everybody? Happy to be back again. Let's get it. Let's get it indeed. Before we talk NBA, we are doing a giveaway going on for a few more days here. If you haven't already entered, go follow us at AVG Sports Nerds. Comment on the post. We're giving away a Gary Payton signed picture. This thing's nice, man. I kind of want to keep it for myself, but we already said we're giving it away. So (laughs) go in and get on on that for sure. Getting into what we actually are here for tonight or today, whenever you're listening to this, and that's basketball. We're recording this on Monday night. We just watched the NCAA championship game. Obviously, it wasn't much of a game. Baylor blew out Gonzaga to win their first national championship, 86 to 70. Uh, We know Gonzaga was undefeated. Jalen Suggs had hit that incredible shot to get them to the championship game. Just wanted to get your thoughts on this. I guess we can start with you, Miles. What did you think about that game? Yeah, man. So I watched the whole game all the way through. Baylor got out to a, a fantastic start and never looked back. I mean, I think they started out hitting five out of their first five threes. So, I mean, they pretty much looked unguardable out there. There's nothing really Gonzaga could do. Their zone couldn't handle them. Man, try to change up to man-to-man. Their man-to-man couldn't deal with them. And Baylor just looked like they wanted it more. They were active on defense. All the players' hands were active. And it was just pretty much a blowout the whole game. And it was never really close. Kind of boring NCAA final, to be honest. But it is what it is. Baylor played a great game. Yeah, definitely, man. I thought the exact same thing. I was honestly hoping Gonzaga won because I wanted to talk about Jalen Suggs a little bit. I still thought even in the blowout loss that he's the best player that was on the court. And I wanted to get you guys thoughts if you guys, I don't know if he's on you guys' radar or anything like that for the NBA because he's projected to be a top five pick. And I think that he can actually be pretty good. I kind of like his game. Yeah, I mean, I I paid attention to him in high school a little bit. He was definitely a top-ranked player. I think he was one of the highest-ranked players Gonzaga's ever gotten before, so that's something notable. He didn't look like he was the best player on the court tonight, but I, I know as far as like his overall ability, I think he's one of the best prospects coming out. He still had a quiet 22 points even in the blowout, so, I mean, that, that says something. He was giving it his all the whole game, and I think he'll be a – his game will – translates solidly to the NBA. I mean, he's like a big guard, strong with the ball, can finish on the inside. So I, I think he'll have a, a good future. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, obviously, we saw in the Final Four game, the, he, he can rise up to the moment. You know, he had that great block that led to a, a ridiculous pass. And then, of course, the game-winning, what, 35-foot bank at the buzzer. It was, you know, that they're going to replay that shot for, you know, the next 30 years and for the tournament. It was just, it was a great great play but yeah I think he'll I think he's gonna translate just at least be a decent player in the league I don't know if he's gonna be anything special but he'll probably have a decent NBA career at the at the very minimum yeah that's kind of where I'm at too honestly I don't see him as like a superstar player or anything like that but I think he could be a solid guy maybe average around 15 points a game and just contribute to a team so we'll see yeah, well, but shout out. Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. No, what were we about to say? Yeah, no, I was just going to say shout out to him because that shot was incredible. I was like, I got, it's just like a story, like a storybook ending to that shot. And it was, it was just, not, it was great to see. And that's like pretty much what March Madness is about just the most dramatic last second shot. And it was just good for the game. Definitely. And I think Alex mentioned it too. It, even though they didn't win the championship, that was definitely by far the biggest moment of the tournament. So, yeah, shout out to him for sure. 
But yeah, I guess we can move on, talk about some actual NBA news. And we'll start in Brooklyn with my boy. Well, I don't know how much of my boy he is right now. He's kind of in the doghouse. And that's KD. He got into it on Twitter, I believe, with Michael Rappaport, the comedian. I'm not even sure if he is a comedian. I've never seen any of his work, actually. He's, He's definitely an actor. I've seen him in some things. Yeah, I only see him, like, talking about other things. Like, I've never actually seen any of his work. The, the the one thing that I knew knew where he was from instantly was Prison Break. Prison Break. Prison yeah. Break. Yes, sir. Schofield. <laughs> Shout out to the Prison Break fans out there. See, yeah, I never got into that one. That's probably why I don't know. But, yeah, apparently he commented on an interview KD did with Charles Barkley, Shaq, and Kenny Smith, the guys on TNT. And... KD didn't like it. So they went back and forth a little bit on Twitter. It seemed like from my perspective, looking at it, it seemed like it was more KD kind of going at him. But I wanted to get you guys thoughts on the whole thing. What did you guys hear about this? I know KD had said he had used some homophobic slurs, threatened to spit in his face, in Rappaport's face, that is. Uh, called yeah. out his wife like what are your thoughts on this whole situation so so at first i saw it was trending i didn't know what exactly was going on then i finally saw the screenshots and man when i saw just the string of texts from kd just non-stop just going at this man for no reason it's like bro like calm down it's like it's not that serious he is the most he gets in his feelings so easily and Mike, who is Michael Rappaport to him? He's just a critic. He's just another fan. Why is KD letting this man get to him like that? I don't understand. I, it was it was honestly funny, but it's also like, you know, come on, bro. Like, you're a professional athlete. You're one of the best players in the world. You got to hold yourself to a higher standard. And the whole mentality that KD has is part of the reason why I just don't think he's going to be ever up. We always talk about it in my GOAT argument. He's just not that guy and in terms of in terms of his mentality. And it, it just proves it over and over and over again, whether you want to talk about him moving from OKC to Golden State or not performing when he needs to, even though he has performed when he needs to in the past. But just getting in his feelings over and over and over again over nonsense. It's just it, it's funny, but it's really not at the same time. Yeah, I mean, this is just another example out of the many that's showing how Kevin Durant is very sensitive. It's very easy for just about anyone to get under his skin. I've seen him interact with just literally regular people, not even actors or anyone with any high status. So I think we all know he's very thin-skinned. I mean, he 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 pretty much violated Michael Rappaport and this talking about spitting on another man. Like that's that's just taking it way too far, and it's just disrespectful. Not to say that Rappaport was right in his way, but. They, they were both just in the wrong and just doing too much, as we all say nowadays. And it's just one of those shaking your head moments. And it's not surprising. I mean, Kevin Durant, he was fined 50K by the league. It's just not a good look for him. He, he really went in talking about the man's family. And it was just a criticism about, I think it all started about a criticism on how Kevin Durant answered one of Charles Barkley's questions. And I think that's kind of how the whole fuse just blew up and, became something way bigger than it was, way bigger than it is. And shame on both of them. They need to think about it and and move on. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of where I'm at with that, too. Uh, I think it started, it was the opening night game. I'm pretty sure Charles Barkley asked KD. It wasn't a very good question. And KD kind of just answered it with a, I think he said no. It was like a yes or no question. And he just said no. He didn't elaborate at all or anything, and Michael Rappaport tweeted, didn't even tag KD, he just tweeted, if you didn't want to do the interview, then just don't do it. And obviously, KD took that offensively, and here we go. We've all probably seen the screenshots by now, and wow, like you guys said, I'm with you guys. I'm not on either person's side here, because one, like Alex was saying, this man's just so sensitive, and you can't be as great as you are at basketball and be that sensitive. Like, honestly, you can't live in the regular world and be that sensitive. 
people are going to say things, especially when you're on that level, people are going to criticize. And like Miles was saying, we've seen him going at random people on Twitter and Twitter trolls and making right. burner accounts. And this man is, oh man. I know I talked last week about him moving up with the goats here, but this might even move him down. Like just the perception of him, bro. It's just crazy. And then as far as Michael Rappaport goes, like, come on, man. I don't care if, if we're going at it and this is a private DM and you put it out for the world. I don't like that at all. I don't agree with that at all. I want to use language that we don't use on this show, but I'll just say he, it makes him look really soft to me. I'll just go with that. I think you guys know what I mean there. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the whole point of DMs. I mean, that's, that's between you guys. And you know, both you guys are high status enough where it's it's going to go public if it gets leaked or just put out for the public to see. And it's just a bad look on both of them. I know they both had repercussions from their respective jobs. And it's just, like I said, just shaking my head, man. It's, it's, it's funny, though. It, it's funny because what they said was too far, but it was funny at the same time. And it was yeah, just like, good entertainment. That's yeah, it was, a, it was some entertainment for sure. Yeah, definitely entertaining. Like you guys said. That's why we're going at, at that first over anything that actually happened on the court. This is the most entertaining thing this week in the NBA to me, at least. So like Miles said, KD got fined 50000 I think that's going to be all that comes from this, really. And hopefully both of these guys can just move on and, and do better, really. <laughs> like, come on, guys. But from there, we can talk about another kind of beef. Not really a beef, I guess, but just Stephen A. Smith doing his job, you know, being critical of players. He's talking about Russell Westbrook. And we have this quote here from him. He said, quote, Russell Westbrook's numbers mean nothing to me. His game is the same every year. Bradley Beal and you in the backcourt and y'all are 17 and 28. You've played with amazing talent, no rings. And Russell Westbrook's response to that was, a championship don't change my life. I'm happy I was a champion once I made it to the NBA. I grew up in the streets. I'm a champion. So I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that whole situation. Who are you siding with or what's the deal? Stephen A. Yeah, uh, I got to definitely say I'm on Stephen A's side. 100%. Yeah, I mean, what are you you on Westbrook's side? No, I was on Stephen A too. I was hoping Uh, somebody took Westbrook's side on this one. No, I can't. No, yeah, I think I think so many of us NBA fans have gotten to the point where like we are tired of these ridiculous stat lines. Like he had a 35, 21, and 14 stat line. That's unbelievable. That really is unbelievable. Killed me but in fantasy it too. It doesn't matter because he does it all the time and his teams don't win. They lost that game too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like it just doesn't matter, man. Russell Westbrook, sure, he's a great individual stat sheet stuffer. But as a teammate, as somebody who can play in an organization with a team that can win, clearly can be it can't be done. So yeah, I agree with Stephen A. 100. percent Yeah, I'm I'm with Stephen A. Too on this one. I mean, a lot of people like to defend Westbrook just because we know like his mentality towards the game. He's just high intensity, giving his all every game, and people love to see that. But people don't want to hear the facts or the context behind his actual performance and what he's doing. I mean, yeah, like like Alex said, he's putting up extremely great numbers. I mean, numbers that you can't just put up on any given night, really. I mean, it's crazy. But they're not translating to wins. And I feel like people always go with the angle of, oh, should he not do that? I mean, no, he should be doing that. But shouldn't he also sacrifice doing something in order to help the team win, too? And so maybe that's not grabbing 20 rebounds. Maybe let your big man get 10 or something. Because I, I think he leads his team in rebounding by four. And I'm just, that just doesn't seem right to me. No point guard needs to lead their team in rebounding. That's why you have big, ben. unless you're like a 6'10 point guard, then sure. But I don't know. I, I feel like I've always felt like he just does too much. He doesn't settle down in, in the big game situations. He's been getting knocked down in the first round, time in and time out, getting embarrassed on the court and, it's like we have fatigue with Giannis and the MVP. We're getting fatigued with seeing these triple doubles, and that's kind of where I'm at with it. So, yeah, I'm on Stephen A. Smith's side. Yeah, I'm with you guys on that, man. For the last, I don't know, eight, nine years, I've been a huge Russell Westbrook fan. I love the guy. I love the way he plays. 
maybe not so much in terms of efficiency, but just his hustle, his aggression. Those are things that can't be taught. And I definitely, for a time there, felt like he was a top five player in the league. But his efficiency is just terrible. I got You got to admit that. I thought that he would improve his shooting. He never did. He's still the same percentage pretty much as when he came in the league. At some point, it's just empty stats if you're not winning games. Stephen A. mentioned he has Bradley Bill on the team. This Wizards team, when we were talking at the beginning of the season, we were expecting them to maybe compete for one of the last playoff spots in the East, be a solid team at least, and they're just not. And I just don't like it, man. Another thing, I really, really don't like what he had to say about it either. Talking about a championship doesn't change my life. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Why do you play the game? If you're at this level, why are you even still playing it? You've made enough money or whatever. You're not trying to win a championship? Like, I don't, I just don't like that. I, I made, I'm a champion because I made it to the NBA. The great players don't think like that. The great players don't say, oh, I'm in the NBA, so I'm a champion. They say, nah, I want to be the best. I want to win championships. I want to do things that other guys aren't doing. And I just thought that attitude was real soft. Coming from Russell Westbrook, who I always thought he's going hard. He wants to be the best. That's why he plays like this. For him to say that, it just, it really rubbed me the wrong way. And I didn't like it at all. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I definitely don't think he helped himself with that quote. Yeah, like you said, you play to win the NBA championship. You don't play to just be the best in the regular season. That's cool and all. And yeah, sure, you'll get some individual press for that. And and that's nice. But he's done that. I mean, he's won MVP. He's he's averaged a triple-double for the last few seasons. So, like, when, when are you going to change something else? Like, when are you maybe going to take less shots or just make better decisions in the fourth quarter so you can get your team on to the next round come playoff time? I mean, we know he's great. We know he's been one of the most exciting players in the league for the last, like, 10 years. But we want to see him be a part of something, like, big, bigger. And I think people want to see that, but we're just not seeing it, and we're not seeing any improvement. So... Yeah, I mean, when he became the second player ever to average a triple-double, you know, I think he finished the game that secured it with a ridiculous buzzer beater from like 35, 40 feet against the Nuggets. from Nuggets, yeah. Yeah, and double overtime. I was was ecstatic. I was really happy for him. It was great to see that. But, you know, over the years, you know, especially when they had KD and even James Harden, he would just be reckless in close situations thinking he was the guy – to be the best and take that last shot when really you have two guys who are better shooters than you and who make better decisions late in games, take a step back, let the team win based on the talent around you. You don't have to do literally everything. And, you know, it, it, it hasn't changed clearly. It really hasn't. I think his pride got in his way of that a lot yeah. of the time. And he just couldn't accept anyone being the top dog if he was on the team. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just no self-awareness really. Like, thinking that he's the man when they have KD or when they have James Harden. You're oh, not George. the man anymore. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. played with some great players, too. So yeah. what's his excuse? Even right. now with Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill's a better scorer than him. He should be taking more shots. Russell Westbrook should be the point guard and setting things up and a defensive force, a hustle guy. Like He doesn't need to be the leading scorer on the team. Right. I don't think he ever really under- understood that. You know, I, I loved ru- watching Russ too, man. He was always that energetic. He, whenever, he, whenever he would just go absolutely berserk after he had a ridiculous dunk, it was great. It was great to see. Whenever he had a great defensive play, and he would go crazy, it was it, it was great to see. But what he has become in terms of his inefficiency, like you said, and just the empty, ridiculous stat lines, man, it, it, it's annoying. It, it really is. Like I hate to say that it's annoying, but it, it, I'm I'm getting tired of it. Yeah. And speaking of him, like, with his, like, exuberance, like, after plays, like, he had a play against the Hornets last week where he, like, completely dunked on Bismack Biombo, But they were down 11. The game was he's just, completely yeah, over. <laughs> yeah, like, down 11. He's, like, flexing his chest. And, like, even I, I saw them talking after the game, and Bismack's like, bro, like, why you like why you even got to do that, man? It was just y'all lost. Just humbly lose the game. You don't got to right. do all that. So. Right. They lost to a Hornets team without LaMelo Ball. Yeah, I don't even think they had Gordon Hayward, or he might have got hurt this week. But either way, they lost to the Hornets, and 
like you said, it's just unnecessary, man. I'm sick of this guy already. Been on the Wizards for like half a year. I'm sick. Of and it, and, it, and, it, and it, I think it speaks that he's been so tradable as like such a cornerstone player. Teams are just getting rid of him as if he's like a, just a journeyman in the NBA. And I think that kind of shows um, like in his results. Yeah, especially now later in his career. No yeah, doubt. it's like, how, how can we fit this guy in? He can't shoot that well. He's older now. Like, what, what, he what needs more can the we... ball. Right? Yeah. And I think and he's, he's not... lost, like, that half-step athleticism. Oh, yeah. And athleticism was his game. Mm-hmm. So I just don't think he's ever going to be super effective again. Yeah, because Westbrook, he doesn't really have any move that he can just go to where he's just going to dominate you or, like, use his – like height or his length or something. He just it's just power to the rim or shoot a pull up and just pray that he goes in because he he's just a low percentage shooter. Just sprint in full speed and yeah. So, like, and then and then and much. then he did and then he dishes the ball and then gets an assist. But it's just like you really didn't do that much. You just drove as hard as you could and then just threw it out and then you get the assist. Luckily, because the dude made it and then like that goes on your stat line. But it's like you, you didn't really even help that play when when you look at it in retrospect. I think a lot of people don't understand that. And they're just like, oh, he had 22 assists. I'm like, he dribbled the ball up 20, like 29 times. He should have that many assists, you know? So it's the whole my player thing. Either I shoot yeah. it or the person I pass to shoots it. I feel like I feel like he is the epitome, the real life version of a my player. <laughs> Definitely, Seriously. bro. Definitely. All right. There's another topic that we gotta get into here. And that's Paul Pierce. Did you guys see the video? Yes. What are your thoughts? I'll let you guys yes. know. Well, I Shocked saw in a fool, donkey of the day, whatever, whatever <laughs> platform you want to put them on. But yeah. Yeah, man. It was just funny. It was just, you know, I wonder what, like, how far gone was he in order for him to start to do a live stream of whatever he had going on at his crib? <laughs> I wonder, like, how much he had to drink, what he had to drink, you know. All that good stuff, and he, he definitely was, looked faded. <laughs> oh yeah, he was having a good time. And you know what? Hey, live your live your best life. You know, do you? But <laughs> why would you? Why would you go live? <laughs> just why? I don't understand. Yeah, and, man. I mean, this man just ahead. risk just risked your whole career just to show some people what he was doing on a Friday night or whenever this was for what like ten like ten minutes to use on live for but, only three hundred people to join the live yeah, session. Yeah, like, dude. And I'm I'm not mad at him for what he's doing in his free time by any means. Like, do you, man? But like, if you're on ESPN, you know ESPN. <clears throat> excuse me. You know ESPN's represented by Disney. That's just not appropriate for that like kind of platform that you're on, man. Like I said, I don't care what he does in his free time, but you got to be more aware and just kind of like respectful to what you're doing because you do have a privilege of like working for such a great organization. And he's just a cloud for that. <laughs> he's just a cloud that just. Shaq and a fool. Yeah, for those of you guys out there that haven't seen the videos or anything, Paul Pierce was partying with what looked to be some exotic dancers. I use that phrase to be polite. It also looked like they were smoking something, probably marijuana, but, you know, that's for speculation. But either way, it's not a good look, and I thought it was hilarious. It seemed to me like he was trying to get fired. Like, that's the only thing I could think. Like, why would you do that if you're still trying to work there? But yeah, I mean, they parted ways today. They uh, yeah. So it's it's done, you know, and there's a headline here from TMZ that says Paul Pierce out at ESPN days after wild twerking IG sesh. <laughs> so that made that headline makes it sound like he was the one doing the twerking. <laughs> oh nah. That's not <laughs> what I was yeah, yeah, Paul Pierce. I mean, he was already kind of questionable as a as an NBA analyst. I mean, he said some wild things. Man, uh, ever ever since ever since he said the series was over against the against the Bucks for the Celtics, ever since then, when they were up too well and they got and they lost four straight. Ever since then, man, his his analytical career has just gone down the drain. Like it's it's been bad. It's been bad yeah. what he said. Yeah, I was gonna say he's been actually a pretty terrible analyst. If you go back and look at some of the stuff he said, even stuff about himself. I know we talked about Russell Westbrook and self-awareness earlier. You got to have some self-awareness when you say that you were a better player than D-Wade. Mm. Like, he's oh, just yeah. not a good analyst. He obviously can't analyze the game well mm. enough. And then, like, 
and then Jalen Rose just pointed out everything that you know that D Wade did that Paul Pierce never did, and it was it was great. Yeah, he talked about himself so much too. I feel like that just rubbed people the wrong way. Yeah, he I mean, always brought himself like if he's talking about LeBron, he's like, oh, if I had LeBron's team. Uh, back then then I would have been like how LeBron was yeah. it's like bro you didn't though and LeBron you got the better of LeBron early in his career then LeBron got the better of you and mm-hmm. just like you didn't about you man just talk about LeBron because you know that's all in all media talks about and then just move on you don't gotta compare yeah, he, yourself he wanted his own farewell tour kind of like Kobe and D-Wade had but he wasn't on the same level of those players at all and Draymond Green let him know that yes, at, at one point in the season. Yes, he did. <laughs> I think we a lot of the NBA fans have seen that video. <laughs> Definitely, man. Paul Pierce, what a guy. I actually like him more now after this video. I actually really hated him as an analyst, so I'm glad he's off there. Not this way, obviously. I don't want to see anybody lose their job. But like I said, it seemed like he wanted to lose his job. So good for him. Yeah. I mean, he's made his money. He didn't seem super worried about it. So if he's not mad about it, then I'm not going to be mad about it either. Facts. But, yeah, we can move on to another guy who actually got paid this week. I was very surprised to see this. Drew Holiday re-signed with the Milwaukee Bucks for four years, a max extension up to $160 million. I want to get you guys' take on that because personally, I don't think he's worth that. So, yeah, where are no, you guys at? That, yeah, I'll, I'll go first here. That's a lot of money for a guy who's been in the league, what, almost 10 years now? No, 10 years, right? He's been in the league for a while. Probably, probably almost more than that. I know. Yeah. He was on the Sixers when they before they did their, their, their process. In 2011, right? Yeah. He, he yeah. made the playoffs, played against the Heat in 2011 with Lou Williams mm-hmm. and Iguodala and all them. So, yeah, I mean, he's been in the league for a while. I mean, I'm happy for him, no doubt. I've always liked Drew Holiday a lot, liked his game a lot. And I'm, ha- you know, happy for that he got his payday. But I don't know what the Bucks are thinking. That's a guy, lot of money. That's a lot of money for a guy who's who's going to be 10, 14 years into the league at the yeah, end. Yeah, this is his 11th season this year. And he's oh, so 30 years old. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money for a 30-year-old guard. I mean, he's still one of the top defensive guards. He still has a good offensive game. He's fit in very well with that Bucks team. But I just 40 million a year. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of money, man. That's a lot yeah. of money for a guy that that, that age. Yeah, I, I feel like the Bucks were a little desperate to just kind of make a move with him. Maybe they felt pressured. Maybe they felt like they needed to keep him because, I mean, he, like you said, he, he actually is like a really solid player. And like you said, he can bring it on both ends of the court. So I think that's going to be valuable to them in the playoffs. And maybe that's what the Bucks see. Maybe they think he's going to be that guy that can just – be that veteran that just get him through the playoff situations where Giannis couldn't quite get him through or even Chris Middleton because Chris Middleton seemed to come up just as small I know he kind of had to carry the load last year but that's for another story but um yeah 40 million that, that that's just too much but I mean I guess that's NBA money today and it's really shouldn't be surprising because we've seen players that aren't as good as him get paid almost as much so it is what it is I'm happy for him for signing that contract though yeah in my opinion I just feel like there's so many like borderline all-star players that sign for the max and in the NBA that just kills the team because you're going to go up against the Brooklyn Nets who have three actual max players and your max player is Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton. <laughs> I mean, Giannis is cool. You're like, Giannis is good. He, he deserves the max. But these other guys, they're just going to hamper your team. You might as well just honestly tank. Like, it's taken me so long to get to this point, and I never thought I would actually say this, but there's no point in being mediocre anymore. You're that not going to – My bad, but that was the whole point of the Sixers tanking. They were mediocre for so long, and people were so against them tanking, but look where it's gotten them. They should tank one more time and get a star. They should just sit everybody out for a year. Nope. Cade Cunningham. <laughs> like, nope. I think about that. They're, like, right there, but they need one more superstar. You need three now. That's what it is. Last year was I a mean, little different because well, nobody really had three. Only, right. The but, Lakers only had two last year. But but if a team gets three, you're in trouble. You need three. Yeah. Thanks. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess there's some systems that think, you know, that they could be they, they could beat them. Like, look at the look at the Spurs in 2014. 
But they had guys. I, mean, I know, but look, Tim Duncan was at the end of his career. So was Tony Parker and Manu. But then they had Kawhi Leonard come out of nowhere. I get it. But they had baby Kawhi as, with as the as, as far as superstar power, none of those guys were really superstar. I mean, I guess Kawhi was, but compared to – Not yet, not, though, even right? time, not even at the time. He wasn't yeah, averaging like 15 a game, I think. Right, okay. Oh, right. So his offense wasn't there. So they didn't even have like a superstar player and they still beat that heat team. So, I mean, they were teamed out team basketball. Like that's, right. that was, if you looked up team basketball in the dictionary, that team would have been it. Cause I mean, they passed the ball like none other and we're getting yeah. high quality three pointers and, and knocking them down when so it mattered. I, I'm just saying, I think a team built right with the right coach could beat a team, a super team. I don't know if they're going to be the Nets though. I mean, that's, that's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> If you just match up the uh, Bucks three best players with the Nets, I mean, it's it's, it's just no not contest. even it, it's not even close to being equal. So right, yeah, I got the Nets um, winning that three on three game like eleven yeah. to two. <laughs> I mean, I do like the moves that the Bucks made. I mean, they got PJ Tucker, but I mean, he's not like he he's not going to do nothing with Kevin Durant or or James Harden or Kyrie. So it, it, that kind of doesn't really matter. No, he's going to stop Jeff Green. Yeah, and Jeff Reno probably have an amazing series or something. And um yeah, I mean Chris Middleton, I mean, I think we've we've kind of seen him hit his peak and they just need to kind of move on with the team, maybe keep you honest and just try and try and build around him still because I don't see him doing nothing with the nuts. Yeah, I'm completely out on Chris Middleton at this point. I do not believe in him at all as like yeah, an I mean, all-star when, caliber player, none of that. Right. When when Giannis went down last year. What did he do against the Heat? Nothing. He was so bad in that Yeah. <laughs> so I think we have seen the peak of Chris Middleton, which yeah. makes me happy because I don't like the Bucks. Yeah. No thanks to Chris Middleton. Nah, man. Like, that's the thing. And it, it like hurts me to say this sometimes because these guys actually can play. They're not like scrubs, but just the role that they're in is too much for them. So, mm-hmm. like, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, these guys can can compete they can contribute to good teams championship level teams just not at the role that they're at right now so i don't yeah, want I mean, anybody maybe, to think i'm just called on them maybe in a different maybe you know in the nba of years past where there aren't three top 10 players on one team competing maybe if if harden went to i don't know uh, like a like a like the knicks or something just i'm just you know throwing a name out there and he was the best player and they're, they're a very good team and the nets are a very good team and the sixers are a very good team and the bucks are a very good team maybe it, you know if it was more spread out maybe they're, they 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 could compete and maybe win a championship but not with the way the current nba is where you need absolute superstars together those guys definitely aren't absolute superstars except Giannis. so Hundred percent. So I think we can all agree that he just got paid too much. <laughs> oh yeah, for a thirty-year-old, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Hey, I'm not hating on him though, or his agent. Go get that money, no. man. Right. Secure well, the yeah, bag. Oh, yeah. Secure the bag. Do you? I don't think anybody's ever been like, nah, this is too much money for me. So, <laughs> hey, it is what it is. We can move on to another signing though. The Clippers picked up Demarcus Cousins. Eh, I'll let you guys go on this one. I don't, I don't know anything yeah, about him anymore. Man, I, I just, I yeah. Go ahead, Miles. Yeah, no, I just, I don't have much to say on him. I don't think he can contribute to a championship team anymore, and I don't think he can give him enough quality minutes. So, don't really have any hope for Demarcus Cousins anymore. I think he could be a quality backup big. I'm sure he's still got, he's still a hooper. I just don't know how much left he has in the tank, if any. Yeah, I mean, he was already. Pre- pretty unathletic as far as like bigs now as, as far as getting it like up and down the court and he couldn't jump that high so with the injuries he's had it's not a good future for him I don't think he's gonna throw his body around inside bro that's like you know that's all he's gonna be doing I just think at this point he can't be playing more than Zubak I actually kind of like Zubak you be oh, getting yeah. in there and making plays DeMarcus Cousins yeah, is not ready for that Zubak is solid man wait does Zubak start or do they have another center I'm pretty sure it's Zoo. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess he can come off the bench because they're going to need somebody at some point. But I mean, yeah, I Sergi like the Baca's other guys. Been hurt with like a back injury. That's what I was, that's what I was going to ask about Abaka because I actually like him when he's on the court. But I agree with Miles with DeMarcus Cousins. 
he never really was like athletic at all. He kind of always played below the rim. And now he's even slower. He's even less athletic. And I just don't think that he's going to be able to contribute, really. He played on the Warriors. He spent some time on the Lakers. It's been about three or four years since we've seen him do really anything of relevance. So it's sad. These things, though, I don't enjoy these type of episodes where I just have to go on guys. But, like, it's time for him to hang them up. (laughs) It just is. Yeah, I mean, it, it was sad because I remember when him and AD were on the Pelicans. I mean, they were like an amazing duo, it and then now awesome. he just, yeah. and then now he just went to almost nothing. Now he's like on like ten day contracts, and like he's just barely able to make NBA rosters, and he's just on the down downward spiral. I think as far as his NBA career. So definitely one more guy I will bring him up. I didn't even put him in the doc here, but Isaiah Thomas signed a ten day contract. It's another guy who. These things make me sad, man. Isaiah Thomas, when he first came out, he was the last pick in the draft. Ended up carving out a nice little career for himself. He's like five, six or something. He's very small. I loved watching him, but he's another guy. I think it's time to hang him up. But hey. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be hard for him to like be a, a big contributor to a team. Like you said, he's probably five nine tops maybe 5'10", so, I mean, we'll see what he has left in the tank, but if he's not nearly as explosive as he used to be and he can't shoot, then he's pretty much a non-factor in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I was really upset with Boston, with how they did him dirty. They did him dirty, for real. Um, I thought that was the right move. When they traded him for Kyrie, I mean, sure, I mean, on the court, on paper, yeah, it's the right move, but with what Isaiah Thomas did, carrying that through a playoff through a playoff series after his sister had just died like it was you know one of the most heartbreaking and heartwarming stories you know we, we've seen in the nba recently and then they just trade him away like i mean i i get it i understand it's a business right but ever since then he he's been he's been pretty much out out of the league i know he was he's been all around the, the league on on different teams but he hasn't really found a spot and i don't think he's to ever again it, it is it is tough to see that yeah, that hip injury really messed him up bad. Yeah. I, I just think he could just never get back. I think he's one of those players where he just got that really bad injury and could just never get back to his prime form. And it's just unfortunate to see that because he, he was exciting that year when he was on the Celtics. He was averaging about 29, 28 a game at like 5'9". And he was out there doing what 6'4 guards are doing. And he was, he was amazing mm-hmm. when he was like at his peak. So it's sad to see. I hope he can just hang on the league. So we'll see. Yeah, 100%, man. Them injuries are something else, especially hip injury. I think it just took all away a lot of his athleticism. And then from there, obviously being small, like like we said, if you lose some athleticism in your five died, it's an uphill climb for sure. So Yes, it is. But, yeah, I guess that kind of takes us into this next segment here, and that's some injuries that happened this week. Gordon Hayward from the Hornets went down with a right foot sprain. He's going to miss at least four weeks. Obviously we know they lost LaMelo ball. They're sitting at sixth right now in the East, but it's real tight. I think this might be the end of the Hornets. I don't even think they'll make the play in game. Honestly, what do you guys think? Well, I mean, as far as the play in game, the bulls are still five games back. I know there's six weeks left, but, that's quite a bit of distance for them to get to the play-in game. I mean, that's you want you think they're going to drop from six all the way to eleven? Is what you're saying? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I just don't see how they're going to win games right now. I, I mean, yeah, it, it is tough to see because they don't really have anybody to rely on. They have Scary Terry, but that's about Bonte it. Graham, Bonte Graham too. That's about, that's yeah. about it. So. Yeah, I, no, I, I agree. It, it'll be tough for them to win games. I just don't know if the Bulls – actually, the Bulls are in the play-in game right now. Yeah, it's they would the be. Raptors. They're, yeah, it's the Raptors. I don't know if the Raptors can do anything either. So That is true. That is very true. I did say they suck last week. So. Yeah. Hey, but – Yeah, that, that – No, I was just going to say the I, Hornets lost Saturday night to the Celtics by 30, so – that kind of shows where they're at because the Celtics aren't even really that good. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a tough loss for the Hornets. Gordon Hayward, he's going through with the injury bug too. I mean, we also um, have that uh, very, like really gruesome injury opening night. And now he's getting all these like sprained and twisted ankles and, and like arm injuries. And he's he's just been getting banged up a lot. And it's just, I don't know. He, he's, he might be looking at one of those careers where injuries just like prevent him from just progressing. He got paid a lot of money in this off season. So, I mean, I don't know. It's not looking good for the Hornets. I do, I do see them dropping no more LaMelo. Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, we're going to have to carry the team. It's going to be a uphill battle, but it is in the East. So, I mean, who who knows? I think it's still up for grabs, any position in the East, besides maybe the top three seeds. So, we'll see. Yeah, that's a very good point about the East. Because, honestly, I'm looking at the standings here. Like you said, after the top three, the Nets, Sixers, and Bucks, I don't really see any of these teams that are good teams Obviously, we expect more out of the Heat, the Celtics, but they're not playing well. The Raptors, like you mentioned, are currently the 11th seed, so I don't think they're really making too much noise. The East is looking pretty weak again, man. I don't understand, though. More players went to the East. The East is supposed to be better. Why is it always like this? Four run organizations compared to the West. Yeah. That's got to be it. There's really no other explanation. Yeah, it's yeah. unexplainable, really. I wish we could just have a, a, a constant balance of conferences, like just even in the West, even the East. But it's always just seems to be the West. It's just a little bit more stacked or, or just perform better. And I, I don't know what's going on in the East. It's like the teams are just like lost in like a gray space and they're just kind of like just out there. Like I don't, I don't know how to think about that. Yeah, I, hey. mean, I mean, there are there are smaller markets in the East. Too when you when you have Detroit or Orlando. I mean Orlando isn't a small market per se, but neither is um, Detroit really. Neither is Detroit. Yeah, I mean, then there's Cleveland. Toronto's kind of small. Chicago isn't. All right, you know I'm gonna take that back because there aren't there aren't, there aren't <laughs> too many small <laughs> markets in the East. <laughs> I'll take that back. Never mind. I mean there's there's Charlotte and Toronto and Cleveland. Really, I mean that's about it. All the other ones are Milwaukee. All the other ones are pretty big markets. So Indianapolis is kind of small too. But. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's probably one of the smaller ones. Yeah, just a weird thing. But we can move on to another injury. Josh Hart from the Pelicans will miss, quote, significant time, whatever that means, with a torn UCL in his right thumb. So, I mean, obviously the Pelicans weren't really going anywhere, but Josh Hart, local guy, actually, DMV guy. So thought I'd throw that in there. You guys can comment yeah, on I that if you want. Or... <laughs> yeah, I don't have too much to comment on Josh Hart. Yeah. I mean, he's a decent player, but he's he's just a, an average bench player, nothing special. So, I mean, the Pelicans yeah. will probably be in the same spot. Shout out to Zion, though, because he's, he's balling out this season. I know the Pelicans are looking to trade Lonzo. They're offering teams a bunch of different deals. So, Dude, I actually wanted to yeah. mention that, but I didn't know if it was show-worthy. But apparently yeah, just, I saw yeah. that they offered Lonzo – and a pick to the Warriors for Kelly Oubre, and the Warriors declined. I want to get you guys' thoughts on that, because I'm thinking, man, I would have taken that. I would have taken Lonzo for Oubre and a pick. I think just based off my initial reaction to that would be the Warriors are are still thinking once Klay Thompson is back next year that they can compete. And Lonzo Ball really won't help that team as much, I think, as Kelly Oubre could if Klay's healthy and everybody's healthy. Because Kelly Oubre, doesn't he – does he start or does he come off the bench for them? I'm not sure. Maybe if him or Wiggins starts, but, yeah, I'm not I'm not, yeah, I'm not, not 100% sure. Not sure. But I think I, – I just – I don't know. I, I, th- I, think he does, I think he does start. I would imagine that they're they're thinking for next year for when Clay is healthy and then they can actually compete again. That's just my thought process. I'm not sure, obviously, what their actual thought process is. But, yeah, that's what I'm thinking about that. Yeah, I was surprised the Pelicans were trying to move Lonzo. I mean, he had a great game. He had eight threes a game, I think, yesterday or two days ago. So I'm surprised that they're trying to move on from him. And I don't know how that's going to play out in his future if they don't, or if they aren't able to move him. So Yeah, I actually, we'll like, I actually really like Lonzo, man. I think he's really starting to come on. I think his defense, super underrated. Nobody ever values defense anymore, but Lonzo's one of the better defensive guards in the league. He's big long he can he can defend he can run the break his passing is great his shooting like you were saying has been proved he's above 40 percent on threes this year i actually think lonzo is a really good player 
And that's kind of where I'm at is that he can do everything that Kelly Oubre can do. If you ask him to play on the wing like that, I'm sure he could just do that. If you want Steph Curry yeah. dribbling the ball more, but I also think that the offense could work a lot better if Lonzo Ball was the facilitator with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. But hey, obviously the trade didn't happen, so these guys have a job for a reason. The Warriors people, I'm not going to question them. They put together championship teams for the last what five years or so. So hey, they must know what they're doing, but I don't see it. That's all I'll say. And but from there we can get to some some better news with these injuries here. I know we've been talking about guys getting injured, but we can talk about Alex's boy, Joel Embiid, the big man. He returned Saturday night versus the Timberwolves. Now, he didn't play Sunday night in the second game of the back-to-back, which I obviously I think that's a good move. But came back, 24 points, eight rebounds, kind of inefficient. He was 6 for 14, 0 for 4 from 3. But, Alex, what, what do you think, man? You getting excited I'm happy. again? Absolutely. I'm just happy he's back, man. With Embiid back, if he can return to his pre-injury form, he's still my MVP, no doubt about it. As long as he can get back to that, I'm I'm ready for the playoffs, man. I'm, I just I just want the playoffs to get here already. Yeah, it's a uh, it's good to see him be back. I know he had a back and forth game with I guess one of his rivals. It looks like Cat and him have had previous beef, and Cat Cat mm-hmm. got him on one good play, and then I think Joel Embiid might have got him back later in the game. So yep. it's good to see Joel Embiid's always competitive, and he always brings it. So I think that was just his first game back. Get his feet wet. He'll, he'll be back in stride soon. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad to see it. I want the 76 at full strength when the Nets sweep them. <laughs> no, oh, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. It ain't going to be a sweep. They'll, they'll get a game. They'll get a game. Disrespectful. But, yeah, from there, before we get out of here, I did want to mention Roy Williams, the North Carolina basketball coach. He has announced his retirement, obviously, you know, this NBA show, but got to acknowledge greatness here. He's one of the greatest college coaches of all time, three-time NCAA champion, nine Final Four appearances, another championship as an assistant coach with the Tar Heels in, ni- in 1982, two-time AP Coach of the Year. And when I looked that up, he won Coach of the Year so many different times by different publications. And I don't really know how that works in college basketball, which one's really, like, the main one, but that just shows he was a great coach. And then obviously he was inducted into the college basketball hall of fame in 2006. And then the Naismith basketball hall of fame in 2007. So great guy, obviously put a lot of players into the NBA. So just wanted to give him a little bit of credit here before we get out of here. You know, we, I kind of knew it was coming and he's getting up there in age, just like coach K, but Watching Coach K and and Roy Williams with those Duke North Carolina teams battle every single year growing up was unbelievable. You know the JJ Redick teams, the Tyler Hansbro teams of North Carolina. Then you had Austin Rivers for Duke, and it was just it was great, man. And I hope the predecessor of, of Roy Williams, first black head coach for UNC ever, by the way. So congrats to him. But I hope he can have similar success to Roy Williams, and I'm sure he will, knowing that he was an assistant there for a, a, quite a bit. Yeah, shout out to Coach Williams. I mean, obviously, he had a legendary career. Like you said, multiple national championships. I mean, he had the drip on the court, always had the freshest Jays. I always peeped the shoe game because you guys don't know me. I'm a little bit of a sneakerhead, so I always peeped the drip. I mean, obviously, they're sponsored by Jordan. But yeah, I mean, wait, Coach Roy was wearing the Jays out there? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he'd be yeah. rocking the one. Yeah, he'd be rocking the ones all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess I never noticed. You yeah. know, he, when he was an assistant on that 82 team, you know, who was there? His Aaronist himself. Michael exactly. Jeffrey. Yes. Michael Jeffrey. Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Oh, see, I didn't really know. That went right over my head. <laughs> I only knew that because of Skip Bayless. <laughs> oh, then literally, literally <laughs> Skip Bayless has got me. Is that really his middle name? Yeah, that's really his middle name. Oh, wow. I was just saying, I'm yeah. 50 50 if that's even his middle yeah, name. Yeah, I ain't know. <laughs> Skip Bayless saying all the time, like, <laughs> like he always say that Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. Like, right. Is that like, even his name? You, why do you he know his full name? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he was a junior. He doesn't go by that. So, right. But 
But yeah, shout out to Coach Williams. I mean, he was coached some great teams. Like you guys said, coached some great players that are they're now playing in the league. And I know he meant a lot to the NCAA and college basketball as a whole. So he'll definitely be missed. But I'm sure the coach, uh, the assistant coach who now is in the head coach position will do a great job. I mean, he's been there forever. We'll see how they move on in the future. Definitely. Did you guys have anything before we get out of here? No, I can't think of anything. I think we covered pretty much everything. I just need the playoffs to get here. I'm going to keep saying it every week. I just I need them to get here. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. It seems like the season's kind of dragging on a little bit here. Yeah, I'm I'm itching to see LeBron and Anthony Davis back. Honestly, man, like yeah. I don't like honestly, the Lakers are really the only reason I still like pay attention to the NBA because you know me, I'm a huge LeBron fan. So him not even playing it, just like I don't even care about any of these other teams. He makes the game interesting for me. So I just can't wait to have him back on the court. Yeah. And to that point, there's so many stars down. Him, KD. Yeah. I've even seen Harden missing a couple games. Embiid was out. AD, obviously. It's been a weird season. Obviously, we don't want to watch these role players having to play extra minutes and all that. So let's just get these guys back on the court. And let's get into the playoffs, like Alex said. Yeah, but good news, I, I think I did read somewhere that Katie might come back this week, so that's a good sign for the Nets. Like you said, Harden's been out of the lineup a little bit, so we get to see Kevin Durant back. Was a soft sell. I mean, just so thin skin. Hey, soft off the court. Yeah, hard off the court. on the court. Yeah, nah, you can't you can't say nothing about his game on the court, but yeah, off the court, he's something different. I used to say this, the thinnest skin superstar in the league. But I think it goes further than that. He's one of the thinnest skinned <laughs> people of all yeah. time. Like, just human Seriously. beings. I think I go through more. I'm not going to say I go through more. But I think the average person can get over things faster than Kevin Durant. It's oh, yeah. just crazy. You know what's funny to me? Just, so, if you don't know, I'm in the Army, right? And he's. I feel like KD would be one of the people that would say, I didn't join the Army, but if I did, I would punch one of those drill sergeants in the face if they came up to me like that. I feel like KD would be that kind of person, bro. <laughs> he yeah. would just say some kind of stuff like that. And just, no, man, no, no. He'd be that guy that went AWOL after like a week because they were yelling at him. <laughs> <laughs> bro, you just shoot off the map, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i guess if you made it this far thanks for listening obviously you're a true sports nerd like us in the very best way possible if you haven't already like i mentioned at the beginning of the show go ahead and get in on that giveaway man if you're listening to the show might as well at least get a chance to get some free stuff so follow us on instagram at avg sports nerds comment on the picture hey get yourself some free gear so from there Everybody, have a good night, day, whenever you listen to this, and keep nerding it up.